This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl. My guest this week is Alex Frohmeyer. He is the founder and CEO of Beam Dental. They are the first and only native dental insurance company uh, in the country, in the world, uh, in the universe, I think. Alex, welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Thanks for having me, Nick. Good to be with you. You bet. So one question I ask every single guest at the very beginning is, what's one thing people might not know about you? I was a left-handed catcher in high school on my varsity baseball team. And it's one of my favorite anecdotes about myself because it it both communicates uh, something that many people resonate with. They have a love of baseball or team sports or whatever. And so that can be a good conversation starter in and of itself. But for anybody that knows anything about baseball, the rarity of a left-handed catcher is such that I had to get a custom catcher's mitt made because they don't, they don't make them for lefties. And it presents a unique challenge that I always found fun and I think is also a part of my personality, which is I'm incredibly competitive as a person and ambitious and want to reach the highest success in whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. But I really like if I can do it while also being kind of 10 degrees off of normal at the same time. And being a left-handed catcher is a good example of, I think, a broader truth about myself. I do love that. So was it easier for you to throw to third or to first? Easier to throw to first, which is actually, I always argued uh, that it was a real advantage, even though it's thought to be a disadvantage, which is that that, um, if the typical batter is right-handed, and there's a uh, runner on first, I have a clear lane to throw behind that runner and try to pick them off when they get a secondary lead off of first, which I could do relatively routinely. And that became a way to kind of keep uh, runners on first honest. I love that. Just give him the look. And he's like, oh, no, he's a lefty. Yeah, you look over there and like, he's, he's got a clear lane to throw back at me here. That's awesome. Are you an original, are you a righty? Do you write right and, and do all sorts of other stuff right? Or are you always lefty? I'm pretty much all left. I mean, certainly <laughs> like sports and such, I was always left-hand dominant and right left-handed as well. So all the major things left-handed, but you know, no one's figured out how to make doors for lefties. All doors are for right-handed people. It's infuriating. Mm, you're going to get arthritis in that left shoulder as you have to cross the, cross the body. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's the world that we as lefties have to live in is subject to the discrimination of right-handed doors. That's funny. I was just a little goofy. I, I wrote right, I could write right and throw right, but I had to kick left and, and uh, bat left. So I was all sorts of messed up. Interesting. <laughs> so let's talk about Beam. First off, before you start off talking about Beam, you know, what's, what's the problem that you saw in, the, in that insurance, dental insurance experience that you're like, man, I got to fix this? Yeah, it was simply put that dental insurance was broken. And I think when my co-founders and I noticed this, this is all the way back in 2012, it was fundamentally because we were really actually inspired by the Affordable Care Act, which had passed a few years earlier, but it was beginning to roll out 2010, 2011, 2012. And the big 
national conversation at the time was around the uninsured population of the U.S. in health insurance, which was like 40 million people. It was huge. And thankfully, because partially of some of uh, the Affordable Care Act and then subsequent, you know, health care legislation and other macro factors, that's a much smaller number today in, in the U.S. Um, but we then looked that same answer up, which is what's the uninsured population for dental insurance? And the number was like 110 million people. And we were just blown away when we learned that because it wasn't even a part of the discussion. Nobody was trying as hard as they were trying to get the uninsured healthcare population down. That same effort was not being also afforded to the uh, uninsured dental population. And so we thought that not only is that a problem worth solving, but we thought that was a problem that could be solved with technology and it could be solved in the private markets, specifically because unlike healthcare, which is super complex and has a lot of infrastructure surrounding it. Healthcare is not one thing. It's everything from the emergency room all the way through to chronic disease management for an aging population and and many things in between. Dental insurance and dental coverage and dental care is much more straightforward. It's closer to a private market transaction. Most Mm -hmm. of dental is more elective in nature than it is necessary care. And we thought that a private market solution to getting more and more people coverage would be a very valuable thing to do with our time. What we didn't imagine in the early days, though, was that in order to fix the broken dental insurance market, that we ourselves were going to become a dental insurance company, which is what we've subsequently done. At first, we wanted to be a a technology vendor to help the legacy carriers that operate in our market uh, to get better at what they were already doing. They were providing a dental insurance product. They just weren't doing it to enough people and they weren't doing it in a way that was affordable and accessible. And they weren't doing it in a way where they understood risk very well. And these are now parts of how we articulate Beam's value proposition because we found that actually it was more efficient for us to just build these advantages as our competitive moat and actually go and compete by winning our own clients to provide they and their employees independence. We do this through the group markets today uh, with dental coverage that's differentiated along three core elements. We want to be the easiest, the smartest, and the most preventive focused company in our segment. And what we think that means is using technology to make the actual transaction of getting dental insurance and administering it incredibly automated and slick and easy and a wonderful experience. Uh, That also takes cost out of the system at the same time. We want to be the smartest company, which means building underwriting models that can actually predict claims consumption. And that allows us to reward low-risk customers with lower prices because we know they're going to need less intensive dental care. And we can actually reflect that in price. And then being the most preventive focus is probably what gets us closest to our core DNA as founders and I think as a company culturally, which is dental disease is preventable. Like all of it is preventable. And so if you want to keep your original teeth throughout your whole life, which I think everybody does, and if you want to avoid getting a bunch of root canals, which I think everybody also does, um, there's a great way to do that, which is exercise really strong and consistent preventative care throughout your life, both at home, that's just brushing and flossing every day, and, uh, and then getting routine checkups at the dentist. And so we invest in that very proactively by administering our industry's only dental wellness program where we actually give connected electric toothbrushes, toothpaste, floss, replacement heads, and other preventive 
dental care products physically to our members. So that way they have everything they need to exercise good preventative care habits, both currently and in the future. I love all the stuff that you just talked about. I love the the process. I love the experience. I love that you're bringing in technology to disrupt the market. I, I love the fact that you're continuing to find ways to look at the data and then improve ways to lower the premium. With that in mind, how long did it take for you maybe as an individual or the founders as a whole say, hey, you know what, we're going to connect this toothbrush to an app, we're going to brush our teeth and collect data. And then from there, we're going to actually do something with that. It took a long time. We started Beam in 2012 and we had the wellness program, which at the time we really thought of as you know very brush centric and it still is, meaning that the core product of the business at the time was this IoT toothbrush concept. And it was very similar at the time as uh, wearables. Uh, Fitbit in particular was really taking off as a company during that era. And we were really inspired by the idea that you could create your own health data on a Fitbit just by your movement every day. And then that became like a consumer-led piece of data that could be contributed to the big picture of your healthcare. And then that we imagined, which um, Fitbit subsequently has done, that that would be really valuable information for health insurance companies. And it would be really valuable information to uh, be able to reward, meaning that when you saw somebody who was clearly trying to be more active and manage um, uh, maybe a chronic disease or just manage their weight more effectively with diet and exercise, you could actually reward it. And now today, there's a much more complex and robust wellness ecosystem across the entire spectrum of healthcare that does this exact thing. So we imagined and, and articulate in our wellness program today, the idea that you can use the simple act of brushing your teeth every day as a mechanism to reward people. So when we see that uh, behavior come through in our data via the connectivity of the brush, we're actually dropping a little money effectively into your piggy bank every day in Beam's ecosystem. And as that that money accrues, you can use it to do everything from redeem free replacement heads for the brush itself, all the way through to pay for out of uh, pocket expenses when you go to the dentist. And we could use it for anything, Um, gift cards, uh, pay for your Netflix subscription. You can really take things in a variety of different directions, as long as the user sees this very direct connection between oh, I did something healthy for my body today, brush my teeth, and then connect that to the reward that they feel um, and they get to redeem from time to time. No different than how I think about credit card rewards programs, getting some cash back uh, in exchange for my loyalty um, for swiping the card or an airline miles program, which is you know eventually I get a free flight out of all the uh, flights that I paid for. And that type of reward infrastructure we think is a real value add at the member level and in the broader context of dental health over a long period of time for population health management. Uh, So you can imagine the hardest populations to reach and convince that they should be going to the dentist once or twice a year may in fact do a lot for their health if it's in the context of, uh, you know, kids being able to get a gift card mm. purely from brushing their teeth every day and, and those types of models. Um, and that stuff's always really excited us because it's 
how the consumer space and how healthcare can become more gamified and personalized at the same time. Yeah, I, I like the fact that at the end that you just said game, gamified. I think instant gratification in that dopamine uh, that people are, hey, on social media, somebody liked or shared or commented, uh, it kind of gets them a little bit excited. And customer service is the gamification that you can you can battle against each other. You can set up teams. I can see that even in the future where there is competitions against families across the country or age groups or all sorts of stuff that you could put to to battle and, and say, ah, I have I have a, a cadence where I brush my teeth three times a day or two times a day for 476 days and 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 I beat you. So now I get to wear this fancy, goofy top hat uh, in my in my uh, in my uh, my emoji or my 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 avatar yeah, profile so, pick. Yeah. Yeah. There's all sorts of crazy. So you and can, that's exactly it. And you know yeah. what what's so cool about this, I think Roblox is a good example of this exact idea playing out where the the robux currency that lives inside a game is actually teaching a whole generation of kids like money management principles basically mm-hmm. and, and and a bunch of other stuff too but it, it it would be i think a really inspirational outcome for all of healthcare to end up convincing entire populations of better management principles around your health on a, with this very long-term payoff via what doesn't feel like healthcare at all. I mean, healthcare is so serious and, and sober and heavy feeling, right? When we think about healthcare, we think about um, ambulances and hospitals and emergency rooms and, <laughs> and white lab coats, and it's all very serious and heavy subject matter. And it deserves to be in, in one sense, but healthcare is also the choices you make every day around what you eat and how much sleep you get and how active you are. And if you're taking care of your teeth and there's so many opportunities to make healthcare companies disguised as gamification businesses. And, uh, and, and we think there's something really exciting about that in the context of the dental industry specifically. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that people in general, a lot of people, too many people are afraid to go to the dentist and it's the it's probably because of the unknown. Like what happens when they when I open my mouth and somebody's going to take take a peek in there and maybe there's a cavity, maybe there's a root canal, maybe there's something else that is completely worse that I don't even know about. But if you can gamify that system and have it not be about dental insurance, but about um, having fun taking care of yourself, it would be more enjoyable to have that that dental experience. You, you got it. All, all the typical patient um, needs to hear is the sound of a dentist drill to never want to show up to a dental appointment ever again. And I, I think our view is with our focus on prevention as one of the key um, pillars of the value prop and the way we think about the investment in our and how our business allocates resources over a long period of time, we think that there's something really exciting about not eliminating the drill or anything, but creating a layer on top of that, which is much more approachable for the average person and engages them at a level that's good for the dentist and for the member and for Beam as well. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. 
But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Well, well said. So with the bundle that you guys offer and the floss and the toothpaste and the toothbrush, and then you have the ability to obtain more heads as you have a better experience or you you have a, the right cadence or the right amount of points or however that works. Why is it so important to reduce that effort from your of your consumers and say, hey, here's a package for you. Here's how to create, here's here's everything that you need to reduce your insurance. Why is that why is it so important to have that experience and making sure that that user experience is as effortless as possible for for your consumers? It's a great question. I think there's actually a couple of answers or answers at different levels. One is that not everybody has the products that they need for good long-term dental health. And we offer a very uh, unique uh, clay-based toothpaste, for example, that's Mm -hmm. ultra premium from a quality perspective because we know how important the formula of the paste is into the polish quality and then the ultimate resulting dental care quality that you're going to get from that brushing experience. And so we invest in it and we're investing in our members very in a very direct and, and tactical sense. And uh, the brush not only has the connectivity components, which has the kind of rewards uh, infrastructure built into it as a result, but the brush itself is a powered or electric toothbrush. And what's interesting about that is depending on data source, only 20 or 30% of the U.S. population has an electric toothbrush, which is provably better as a remover of, of plaque and tartar from your teeth. Mm-hmm. And that is another kind of sub-passion area of my co-founders and I, which is what if Via Beam Success is an insurance company, we can actually help bend the curve on adoption of powered or electric toothbrushes uh, which is objectively going to help great long-term health develop in at least our population that that we're offering it to. And so getting that adoption of great tools to help you in the process, we think is really important. At a different level, it's also about that bundle of uh, physical products in, in the dental wellness program that, that we administer is also about connecting our members to Beam's brand promise, which is, yes, about the literal products we're giving you. That's that prevention and preventive care uh, pillar in the business, but it actually goes beyond that. And so the brush we actually use in both a literal sense and in a figurative one to communicate that Beam's brand is about a love of and an investment in experience in a much more general sense. And what we mean by that in the business is that we partner with um, brokers who help us distribute uh, Beam's dental insurance to small and medium-sized businesses. We're doing this in 43 states around the U.S. We partner, we ultimately sell and partner with 
our clients, which are small, medium-sized businesses who are trying to attract and retain top talent. And that's why they're engaging with employee benefits in the first place. And so we have multiple other constituencies or stakeholders in our value chain than just the end member who has the insurance. There's really three customers, if you will. There's the broker, the business, and the end member. And because of that, we've always had a complex story to tell, which is, well, who's the real customer here? And what is, what do I need to know from a value proposition? Or what is your brand supposed to tell me that's different than the brand of our competitors? Hmm. And the brush has always been such a conversation starter because it's physical. Everybody understands what a toothbrush is, so it doesn't require a ton of explanation. And it speaks to the grander ambitions of the business to be a technology or a digitally native business that's investing in many different tools and products and applications for the betterment of the broker, the business, and the member. Only some of which is literally about the toothbrush and the wellness program, but the brand promise is all comprised under that flagship product. And it resonates with all of those stakeholders because they understand that Beam is making an investment that goes way beyond the bare minimum you need to administer an insurance product. We are clearly going after an exceptional and differentiated experience. And that really comes through when we. Uh, position and roll out the brush and the toothpaste, et cetera, to the member. It's gotten, you know, think about an insurance company with an unboxing experience. That's such a unique opportunity to communicate your brand principles uh, and something that we take seriously. And it's actually, I think, the most fun part of our business in many ways. Yeah, I, I've seen a commercial online of the video of of an unboxing and it's not just like you guys throwing in a brown box a bunch of product and you're saying hey best of luck but the presentation itself is impressive and i think that's the beginning and that's the first impression of your organization and obviously the the process and getting them up and started before they're getting that product but it's just as important to receive that first impression somebody once told me that somebody's uh, first impression can be somebody else's first impression or somebody's bad experience could be somebody else's first impression. So it doesn't matter how many times if, if you don't have insurance or you don't have uh, dental insurance or all of a sudden you just signed up for, for Beam Dental and your, your daughter comes home from college and she sees the unboxing, that is her first impression of your, of your organization. And so I think that's, that's so important taking that and, and finding ways to, to differentiate. I, I can't imagine I've had a, uh, an electric tooth, uh, toothbrush for the last electric toothpaste. I almost said, that's funny. Uh, electric toothbrush for the last 10 years. And every time I go on, you know, a, a trip, I don't tend to take my electric toothbrush with me and it just feels different. That experience that I have and, and the way that my t- teeth feel is completely different. So um, highly recommend everybody uh, go and, and, and sign up for BM Dental. But uh, the question I have flipping from the consumer or, or the customer and, and flipping it uh, in, inwards a little bit, because BM Dental was, has been recognized as Inc.'s best place to work uh, actually this year in 2021. So how is your culture rooted in those core values and why is that so important? Yeah, I, I love talking about our culture. It's a real passion area for me personally, not just because I think it's a critical component of 
what will make Beam continue to be successful as a business. So, it's, but it's not just a means to an end. It's also, from my perspective, a uh, fun project that never ends, and it's highly complicated, right? People always ask in, the, in our interview process if Beam has a quote unquote good culture. And I really struggle to answer the question because what is a good culture? It's actually totally defined differently and very difficult to objectively uh, enumerate what good means and what culture means as concepts. And, and, and I don't think there is such thing as a good or bad culture. There's just mm -hmm. a company's unique culture and either that's going to be a fit for any given person at any given time or not. And so what I spend a lot of time doing is just trying to articulate what the culture is, both for the benefit of our team, because if you don't like what you're hearing, let's go work together to change it, right? And to uh, prospective beamers that, that we're inviting into the business at any given time. But you're right in that our cultural values are highly tied to the company's value proposition and what it is that we do every day in the dental market. Mm -hmm. We build our core values as a business around the acronym GRIT with two T's, G-R-I-T-T. -T. And it stands for Growth, Resilience, Initiative, Tenacity, and Team First. And these are values that we've seen in a very... Uh, specific and uh, visceral sense play out so importantly to Beam's success and frankly survival as a business. I don't think there would be a Beam Dental today if not for the founders having those values and then certainly our early uh, employees in the business as well. And so it's something we, these are values we still filter for in our interview process and is how we manage our the performance of our team on an ongoing basis we're constantly asking ourselves for if if we are uh, exuding uh, growth characteristics if we're tenacious enough if we're being great teammates to each other mm -hmm. and we talk about these subjects a lot in the all hands context and smaller meetings all the time we think that the success of the company is largely going to come down to not if we can build the product well, not if we can delight our users, not if dental insurance needs um, a digitally native uh, new entrant. It's going to be whether or not Beam can take uh, its culture, articulate it to the team, and then continue to get ever more focused on delivering against our core values and then kind of what the business does every day becomes much more of an output rather than uh, an input and uh, should spell success for the business no matter what it is that we happen to do. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think it's it's not easy. If you don't have grit, it's it's hard to succeed and continue to innovate as an organization. And also what, what GRIT stands for. So uh, congrats on, on winning the award and, and continuing to lean into the, to the employees. Because at the end of the day, the old equation is employee experience equals customer experience uh, because they are a direct reflection of your organization. So um, well done there. So for what, what is next? What's next for Beam Dental? We're having already a really exciting year. And I think one of the things that hits at our core values from last year especially, was the R in grit, resilience. Uh, last year was a year of resilience and adaptability for probably every company on the planet and was a real cultural litmus test, I think, for what type of cultures get stronger, actually, uh, during 
something like a global pandemic or a moment of adversity. And then what cultures like totally fall apart. And Beam, you know, thankfully passed the test. We passed uh, a, a, a key cultural test last year. And we've really been able to springboard as the economy and, and the whole world has opened back up this year to already have a phenomenal year in growth and development. We'll hit 300 employees this year, which we're really excited about. I think we're like 270 or so already um, to this point this year. And when I click even further into the future, I think we're excited about a couple key um, things for us. One of them for sure is how do we, uh, as a business, uh, continue to invest in experience in a very visceral way? Our wellness program is getting our third generation hardware, aka the next generation of our toothbrush, uh, which will come uh, at the very beginning of 2022, which we're incredibly excited about. Huge leap forward in all ways for just the quality of that program and where we can take it as a result of some new stuff on the outside uh, and some stuff packed into the inside as well. Uh, So we're really excited about that. And then another is continuing to solve our customers' needs, our customer in this case being a small or medium-sized business. Benefits have never mattered more than they matter right now. Uh, The talent wars are just beginning. The digital workforce is really taking off. The remote digital workforce, obviously, is also really getting its time in the sun. And that means that benefits that are more office-centric have maybe been de-emphasized. Benefits that live with the person are more emphasized. Dental insurance is a great example, but there are also many other employee benefits that Beam wants to be conscious of and help deliver to our clients. And so today already, Beam doesn't just do dental insurance, though that's our core product. We have vision insurance, we have life insurance, we have long and short-term disability coverage as well. And we imagine that there are going to be a continual addition of other employee benefits products that help our customers Uh, be successful in attracting and retaining their employees, emphasizing the employee experience and helping live Beam's brand values, um, things that help supplement healthcare, for example, we think, which is, you know, a rising cost for both the employer and the employee. We think that's a really important problem that we can play a role in helping tackle and address as well. So we think the future is really exciting, not just because of what will happen in our core dental market, and product, but also the broader concept of uh, digitally native employee benefits. Nice. So you, you can't solve all the world's problems, but you can get close, it seems like. But at least 90% of the world's problems. That's they're all, all, that's they all, all live asking. in there somewhere. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> so, uh, Fro, I ask every single guest two questions as we wrap up. Uh, the first one is, what book or person in customer service or customer experience has influenced you the most in the past year? And then the second one is if you could leave a note to all of those people, all the customer service and customer experience people, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say? Book is easy. I actually have it right here. It's called No Rules Rules. This is Reed Hastings from uh, Netflix's founder. And he's written multiple books in the past, actually, on the topic of culture and Netflix's unique approach to culture, much most of which I agree with. But the exercise of this book in particular is not necessarily to agree with how Netflix does it and then just do it the way Netflix does it, but it makes you think about how well of a job you're doing at understanding your business's culture today. And then if you want to make changes to it, or if you want the company to collectively agree 
to make changes to it, how to articulate the culture in a way that provides the forum to then institute changes. And uh, so the book's been really influential for me. And we actually have, I think our whole executive team has a copy and is kind of doing an informal book club with, with it right now to help communicate through the lens of Netflix, how they have gone about over their 20 year history now. Yeah, I think 20 year history, how they've actually ebbed and flowed their culture and how they've uh, created an ongoing forum to continually nudge and adapt their culture to the employees themselves Mm -hmm. and then the goals of Netflix, the business. Um, And so I think that's been super influential. And then when I think about how that connects to customer support, there's probably two things that come to mind. One is that everybody's job is customer support. Um, So there are some explicit roles that connect with our customers in a very direct way, but we should all be thinking about the member experience and working on it every day, no matter what your technical title is or the part of the business that you work on. And so I think that's a cultural component to when we think about grit, how we want to then make it come to life, which is that experience and service are really fundamentally what the product is. Dental insurance is a product, but it's also an experience and it's a service that we're providing. So we think that's really important. And then the second thing um, to our customer support uh, teammates would be the inspiration that we want everybody to have when they're working on uh, a very, what can become a very academic topic like insurance, where it's all about deductibles and annual maximums and there's data and there's you know, what happened in this dental appointment, it can get really academic. It's putting an overlay on it, which goes back to the beginning of our conversation around experience, gamification, and the consumerization of health as a uh, more global topic. And what I mean by that is, if we can make somehow that very tactical discussion about what's going on with the deductible calculation, feel fun, interesting, approachable, and kind of um, light in a way, it begins to divorce the experience that our member is having from being one that is about the task at hand only and being about solving a problem for a customer, let's say, but doing so in a way that actually puts value back in the hands of that customer. So they feel like they didn't waste the you know, 10 minutes uh, on the phone, but instead got something for it. So we really think of rewards as being an opportunity, not just as a thing that we tie to brushing your teeth every day, but also to interacting with Beam about anything. When you get a bill or an invoice from us, how are we rewarding you for it? When you uh, finish your enrollment, your open enrollment period every year as a business, how does Beam reward you for that? When we roll you out as a new, um, a newly implemented customer and, and officially turn you on as, as a new customer of Beam, how are we rewarding you for that? When we pay a claim on your behalf because you went to the dentist and, and did, got some work done, how are we rewarding you for that? We think there are actually many different opportunities along the customer journey to give something back to our customer. It doesn't need to be financial necessarily. It needs to be recognition 
And we think that feedback loop creates a very loyal customer who understands what's happening and why and gamifies the experience in a way that it doesn't really feel like work. It doesn't really feel like healthcare anymore. It feels like an experience that you know you might have with some of your favorite products and experiences in daily life. So those are our goals. Yeah, I look forward to seeing the success that you guys have as well. Um, for what is the best way for people to find you or Beam Dental? We hang out on LinkedIn a lot, actually, as a business, because that's where, you know, small businesses are looking for resources and help and connecting with others. So Mm -hmm. Beam Dental um, on uh, LinkedIn. I'm also there, of course, just under Alex Frohmeyer. I'm on Twitter, um, at Alex Frohmeyer. And then our website is beam.dental. So you can find us there anytime. I had a blast, Fro man, and and uh, I I really enjoyed it. Had a ton of value for the listeners. So uh, thank you so much, and uh, looking forward to the success you guys have here in the future. Same, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, and we'll uh, catch up soon. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcast.